Hi, welcome to the Business of Healthcare podcast, where I will be sharing interviews, insights, project management, leadership training, and lessons learned from the field of healthcare to improve the delivery of your projects and business performance. So today I have the pleasure of interviewing Dr. Umesh Prabhu. Umesh has been a consultant paediatrician, the clinical director of paediatrics, a medical director in two trusts. He sat on the board of the UK National Patient Safety Agency and he's also been a national advisor to the Clinical Assessment Service in the UK. He's also been nominated twice as one of the top 50 most influential EMA leaders in the NHS and he's also received a Lifetime Achievement Award for his work in patient safety. He's meeting Simon Stevens. He's a big deal. He's writing books and it is an absolute pleasure and honour to have him on the podcast. We spoke about how the NHS wastes money. He talked about the impact of cancelled operations, the impact of the lack of beds in the community, which means uh, patients are unnecessarily kept in hospital for longer. He also talked about the balance of elective and non-elective treatments and unnecessary investigations which all lead to wasted resources and money in the NHS. He also talked about values-based leadership and how the key to effective financial management and patient safety and patient-centred care was collaborative working. So I really hope that you enjoy this interview. I absolutely loved it. I definitely will get him back on again and I would love to hear your key takeaways from this episode. Okay. Hi, Umesh. Thank you so much for joining me on the Business of Healthcare podcast. How are you doing? It's a really a pleasure to join you because I'm really very impressed with the work you do. And my, you know, important is to get the message out there for the people because I love NHS. It's a great institution and I have given my life to NHS and for patient safety. And I'm an international expert on patient safety. That is why having seen your work, it's a great pleasure to talk to you. Uh, my pleasure. Well, so yeah, when I, we first kind of connected, we talked about patient safety, but during our conversation, you said you kind of shared your observations and your take on how and why the NHS wastes money. And when you said that, I thought, oh, that would be an excellent episode for our podcast. So I know your passion is patient safety, and but for purpose of this interview we're going to be really drilling down on your take on your observations your experience on how the NHS system wastes money is that okay absolutely no problem at all you have got experience managing teams leading teams commissioning services conducting reviews allocating resources so Okay, so the first thing I wanted for us to discuss is that I was recently reading a BBC article which broke down like the NHS expenditure and it covered things like money spent on training, facilities, maintenance, IT, lawsuits, indemnity, administration, transportation, equipment, consumables, treatments, medicines, uniforms. As someone who has held a significant NHS budget, how do you and your team decide on how to allocate these resources? The funding is given to primary care. Commissioners then give the money to the trust. And that is how the system works. NHS England distributes the money to the commissioners. 
and commissioner then commissioned the service for the population. And NHS is, I'm extremely proud of NHS. We all must be very proud of NHS. Each year, approximately 360 million patient contact, 1.3 million staff. Vast majority patient get extremely good care. And this is how the money is distributed. It depends on the previous year's activity and they add a little bit in inflation and that is how the money is given. And 70% of the money of NHS goes for the staff. So your best asset is your staff. Because that is where vast majority money goes. So can I ask, where you say you look at previous year's spend, do you ever do like zero, zero line planning? So do you, regardless of looking at last year's, do you ever start from zero and think about what do we need for this year, regardless of what money we spent last year? Ideally, that's what I would like to do. But that is not how the system works. And that is the NHS works, you know, like a clockwork, depends on the previous year's activity. And then there is some money for any new development. And that is how the decisions are made. So the money comes to you, you know, 70% is going to be spent, your staffing costs. And then you look back at the last year and you kind of have make some assumptions around we spent so much on uniforms last year, we're going to need this much going forwards. That is correct. Okay. So in all of your roles, what have been the most common themes you have seen when it comes to resources being wasted in the NHS? I think first and foremost, NHS is victim of its own success. NHS until 19th was an administered organisation. Doctors were very powerful. And unfortunately, patient safety was not given the priority and the waiting time waiting list was going up. It is not doctor's fault because at that time there were no enough resources. Labor government increased the funding and a lot of money came to NHS. But with that, they brought focus on patient safety and quality and they brought management, management culture into the NHS. So focus was mm -hmm. more of value for money, focus on more patient safety, waiting time came down, waiting list came down and patients started surviving longer. But with that came, the demand on NHS increased. And that is what has happened at present. Because if you look at emergency service, there are no beds, there are no well-trained staff, and there are some challenges. Because we did not plan as we, as NHS improved to a great extent. Waiting time came down, waiting list came down. Now let me tell you where we waste money. NHS emergency is overloaded, but elective is not very efficient because we have got emergency elective together in most hospitals. And because more and more patients or emergencies are coming in, we cancel operations and trolley weight is increasing. Number two, the social care funding has been reduced dramatically. So there are no beds in the community and patients staff struggle to discharge patient back to the community. And this is the reason why NHS is now struggling. You know, previously we used to say winter pressure. Now throughout the year, there is a pressure for beds. And that is what we got to focus. We got to separate emergency. We got to separate elective. And we got to make sure our elective is very, very efficient. Number two, at present, a lot of older patients with multiple comorbidity we do a lot of procedures, a lot of investigation. 
vast majority of these patients need tender loving care. But we got to take the family with us and we got to make a decision working with the family. Once my, it's if when I'm 90, 95 years old, when my organs fail, I personally would like to have a peaceful life rather than having more and more investigation, more and more surgeries. And that is where we have to focus, how we can transform and make sure the money which we have in NHS is used efficiently. So can I just, let's just summarise. So in your experience, where you're seeing lots of wastage is cancelled appointments and lack of beds in the community and that results in patients staying in hospital unnecessarily. Is that correct? That is correct. And a lot of unnecessary investigation of elderly patients, more and more tests, more and more investigation. And more and, and I was surprised in the weekend, we used to admit many patients to die in the hospital. Hospital is not the right place for these patients. So we have to completely transform. For example, outpatient. You know, the old traditional model of outpatient we have. And many patients have to travel for the outpatient follow-up appointment. We can use computers. We can use completely modernize our NHS. That will save us a lot of money. And that will give much better service for our patients. Where have you seen improvements made in this area? I can give you quite a few examples because I recently gave a lecture about how outpatient service can be improved. There are many, many areas they are using the modern method of transformation of outpatient. They are using the nurses, they are using the telemedicine, they are using, you know, primary care and consultant going into primary care to do the clinics. There are many ways you can do. And secondly, what is not good in NHS, we, we don't learn from one organization to another in NHS. When I was medical director riding Tanwigan and Lee, we reduced harm by 90% to patients. And NHS has never been good at learning from each other. And these are the things we can. I can give many examples where they have completely transformed services. There's one particular area in diabetic service has been transformed by appointing a, you know, a dietitian who speaks Urdu language for the patients you know, who can't understand English. And I think it's still, you know, probably at Leicester, they have done that. So there are many ways by which we can reduce the cost. And let me give one more example. The medicine, we spent 17 billion pound on medicine. And many elderly patients, they are on a lot of medicine, polypharmacy. And all we do is make them ill. So what we got to do is review the medicine every year and see whether patients really needs the medicine. And those are the things which we can do, by which we can save money. So can I ask, as a leader at the top of the organisation, the budget's come down, you've allocated your resources. What prompts an NHS leader to say, I think I can see wastage or I think we're wasting X, Y and Z. What information comes to you that helps spark those questions? What we did was, this is what's important. That's why leadership is extremely important. We appointed very good clinical directors to each department. Each department had a team and we will ask them to identify because it's your staff who knows where the money is wasted. If you ask the staff, many staff, put the, all the staff together. And that is how year on year we saved the money in when I was writing the Vegan and Lee Medical Director. And we identified where we waste and we completely saved money one by one. And then we can use that money for service development. For example, we had seven days consultant delivered service. Initially, you know, our weekend mortality was very high. 
So we had seven days consultant delivered service. And we not just the consultant, additional other staff, because you need community also seven days working. You need social services working seven days. And we had 39 extra staff in the weekend. By doing that, we reduce admission. We, if I remember rightly, we admitted 900 less patients that year. And because it is the inpatient bed, which is very costly. If you admit the patient per night, it costs around 400 pounds. To look after the same patient in the community, it's around 100 pounds. But you have to do it very safely. So what we had was consultant delivered service and less patients were admitted. So can I ask, you said when your team have made efficiencies, you've then used that money to reinvest in another area. So Absolutely is that, right. So just for clarity, so people that are listening to this podcast may not, may not be aware. That, so you're saying that in your experience, when money is saved, you get that money to use in a different area. That money isn't just saved and that's it. Absolutely right. You have to develop the service because everything keeps on changing. New equipment you need, new services you need, new medicine, drugs you need. So what we can't, we can't keep on having going more and more old one and not adopting the new thing. For example, digital transformation, which transformed the NHS beyond belief. Okay, so can I ask, what do you say to a team where they may feel understaffed and underworked okay, we need to save more money. How do you say that to them in an inspiring and motivating way when they feel like they're probably doing all that they can? Most important, leader must be inspirational. Leader must be very positive. Leader must have can-do attitude. I don't know whether you read, today I wrote in LinkedIn, what is actually true leadership. Leader is the one who is very positive, inspires the staff, inspires the team, and says, let us do anything, we can do anything. Leader must be positive. So when you work together with the team with a positive attitude, your team feels very positive. So what we did in Wigan was, first we appointed all positive leaders to each and every department, and we put robust governance and created a team. And you always ask the team, where is the money we can save? Where is the money we waste? And the team must feel empowered. Team must feel they are in it together. And that is how you can transform. Coming to work, workforce shortage, even in Wigan, we never had any difficulty in recruiting because we had a very good culture, staff happiness culture, happy staff, happy patient. So for you to provide good care to patient, you have to care for the staff. And that is how we transformed the culture. We made the staff feel empowered. So 70 staff came to see me in confidence. And whenever they needed money, we sat together, we worked together with the finance director, and we identified where we got the money. And every time somebody says we need extra money, I always tell them, okay, for one pound you give, you have to save three pounds. And you have to come up with such ideas. And if you ask your staff, they will always come up with ideas. And having more doctors is not the answer. We have to find other workforce, skill mix. For example, my own clinic, I appointed a nurse who started doing my follow-up patients. So she was much better than me. So I was able to see more new patients. That brought down the waiting time down. That brought down the cost down. So there are many ways by which you can transform. For example, many consultants see follow-up patients unnecessarily. So we reduce follow-up patients. And we were able to discharge quite a few patients. And we saw more new patients. But for that, you have to have a very good relation with the primary care. You have to. Uh, this is the reason why NHS must invest electronic patient record, 
and you have one common record, we can all share responsibility and we can provide much better care to patients. Dimesh, can I just talk to you about what that good relationship looks like with primary care? Right. That's a very good question. What I did in Vegan was I started meeting GPs as a medical director and I took clinical directors each month to our local medical council meeting, LNC, which we call LNC. And they gave us fantastic ideas. They gave us the difficulty they were having with the results. They were having difficulty. And because we, I used to take clinical directors to primary care group meeting, we worked together. We came together. And we also did joint audit, you know, which patients we can, be, we can be discharged back to GPs safely. So there are many things you can do by working together. Have you ever been in an initiative where you have saved money in secondary care and that money has then been, the money that you've saved has then been funneled into primary care? Unfortunately, that is what doesn't happen because we work in silos. But my, my own personal feeling is, that is how we have to work together. We should stop for primary care funding, secondary care funding, mental health funding. We work in silos. What we got to, this is the community budget. This belongs to the people of Ridington, Wigan and Lee with the Wigan city center, Wigan town. And we all have to work together. In Wigan, we brought everyone together. And what were the, can you talk about some of the challenges you experienced in bringing all of those stakeholders together when you do have different budgets? I think two things. Primary care thinks, you know, we need development here. So they worry about primary care. Secondary care worries about secondary care development because there's always demand and money is limited. But what if you all work together, put the patient, what gives the maximum benefit to the patient? That is how we must decide. For example, Electronic combined electronic patient record is going to save a lot of patients, save a lot of money because each one can see the result quickly, each, can, each one can share and sometimes doctors make mistakes and GPs can identify. So that is why we all have to work together as a community. But at present, we work in silos. Yeah, I see that. I just wanted to switch tap a minute. Where you have been nominated um, for various awards for your leadership. How have you promoted diversity in the organizations that you have worked in? Brilliant question. When I went to Ridington, Wigan and Lee, there were all leaders were white and there were three women, but there was no black and ethnic minority women in any leadership position. So what I did was, because I am my ethnic background, I usually ask the staff who is a good consultant who is a nice human being, who is a good team player, whom do you want to see as a leader? I asked that question to nurses, junior doctors, GPs. That is how I identified our clinical directors. Our clinical directors, 50% were black and ethnic minority, 50% were white, and 25% women I appointed. And that is how we transformed the trust. Diversity is not about tokenism. It's about the right person to do the right job. It's all about called value-based leadership. Value-based leaders do not compromise in core human values. That is treating everyone with respect, treating and appointing the right person. And in Wigan, by the time I left, 50% of medical leaders, black and ethnic minority, 50% white and 25% women. That reflects the consultant ethnicity in Wigan. I love that. That's excellent. Thank you for sharing that. So, sorry, you're going to say something. 
I think, I think it's, what is important is it is not simply about race. It's not simply about gender. It's about the right person, the right job. It's value-based leadership. In Wigan, I did not speak about ethnicity. I did not speak about racism. I said, we are going to have value-based leaders and we are going to make this organization safest and the best. And I must thank the staff who took the challenge and helped us to transform the trust. So thinking about value-based leadership, that rolls through your recruitment, your retention, professional development, your financial planning, um, the delivery of care, reviews, evaluation. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. What we said was, first week only I told them, we are going to make this one of the safest hospitals. We are going to put the patient at the heart of everything what we do. And we are going to work as a team. We need each and every one of you to make this trust safest and the best. So a leader must communicate very well. Leader must put the patient at the heart of everything we do and work with the staff. Happy staff, happy patient. That's the mantra I introduced. And we brought everyone together. And I must thank the board. Let me tell you, Chief Executive Andrew Foster, Chairman, everybody took the challenge and we got many awards and 90% reduction in harm to patients. Whilst at Trust, what didn't you kind of get round to achieving whilst you were working there? Very good question. I wanted to bring the whole community of Wigan together. For example, I heard in the Wigan community, the social care, there are many elderly patients with pressure also. I was really very upset because if you work in the, at the end of the day, we should not only look at primary care or secondary care patients. Any patient suffers in the community. I personally feel we leaders have failed. And that is where I failed to bring everyone together. And I left the Ridington Wigan and Trust nearly two years ago for my next challenge. And what is your next challenge now? My challenge is, you know, I, I, my values come from Mahatma Gandhi, Nelson Mandela, Martin Luther King. And, you know, Mahatma Gandhi said, be the change you want to see in the world. I didn't realize what leadership was until I studied all three of them in detail. And I also studied Saddam Hussein and Hitler. I suddenly realized what is leadership. Leader unites everybody and brings everyone together and changes the world. So that is what I realized. I completely transformed my style. Now my aim is to see what I've done in Wigan, whether we can do across the NHS. And that is what I'm trying to do. I went to India. We recruited a lot of doctors and we are planning to get nurses, but they have to go back because we should stop getting doctors and nurses from anywhere outside UK. They can come and help us. They can learn about NHS values. They can learn about how to look after patients very well. And then they've got to go back to serve their own country. That is what we got to do. And then transform our own workforce. That is what my aim is. So you've got quite a big job on your hands then. Yes, I like the challenge because leaders relish the challenge. You can change the world only by accepting the challenge. The world keeps on changing every six years. So you have to move with the time. You have to move with the changes. In this country, let me tell you, you know, Britain was unicultural Britain. They had unicultural leadership. Now mm -hmm. Britain is truly multicultural. It needs multicultural leadership. And we all have to work together so that we can build a great country. And that is what I feel is my challenge. That is what is our challenge. And in a fair society, everybody matters. Everybody has a strong voice. And when we all work together, we can build a great team 
great organization, great NHS and a great country. Can we leave our podcast listeners with two pieces of practical advice on how they can work towards reducing wastage in their organizations? I think very simple, primary care, secondary care, mental health, everyone must work together. They must first put patient at the heart of everything we do. And we must make sure one day we we'll all will be patients. September 70 is the patient safety day for the world. And it's my dream to make NHS safest and the best and to provide the great care to each and every patient. We can only do it if we all work together. There are very well-trained nurses and doctors, and we work as a team, putting mm-hmm. in the pa- pa- patient interest at the heart of everything we do. We should stop separating primary care, secondary care, mental health, social care, and all leaders must come together and work together. That's exactly what we did in Ridington, Wigan and Lee Foundation Trust when I was medical director. Thank you so much for joining me on the Business of Healthcare podcast. Where can people connect with you? Yeah, anytime. I'm really more than happy to help anybody. I got a lot of invitation to give lectures on leadership. I'm happy to help anyone because my dream is to make our NHS safest and the best so that I can leave my legacy for my children, your children and our future. And we can build the future together. So you're quite active on LinkedIn and Twitter. What are your LinkedIn and Twitter handles? My Twitter handle is Dr. Umesh Prabhu. My LinkedIn is also Dr. Umesh Prabhu. I write a lot in LinkedIn and Twitter because my dream is to bring everyone on board together and make our health NHS safest and the best. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to talk to you and you're doing a great job and please keep up the fantastic job. Nothing is impossible if you all work together. Enjoyed that interview. Imesh is really active on social media, so we'll make sure we capture his Twitter and LinkedIn contact details in the show notes. And yeah, definitely say hi to him. And if you say hi to him on LinkedIn, let him know that you listen to the podcast and let him know your key takeaways. And I hope you tune in for the next episode next week. Now this podcast has been going for a while, it would be really great if you could rate and review this podcast in iTunes. Um, Let us know what you think. Let us know what you'd like to hear. We'll take all feedback on board um, to just hopefully make the show bigger and better as we move forward. And I will see you in the next episode.